JDP. Yeah, that's right. We're already shortening it down. We're already doing that. We're already doing big dog moves. All the boys in the studio today. It's packed house. It's uh, this is literally college again. This is this is all the parties I threw in college. Maybe girls will come. No, <laughs> they didn't. They they would not come. Uh, there's currently I think nine dudes in here. It's hot. It's it's sweaty. It's the meat locker. What's going on? We brought in Sam McKee. We got Pete Walker here. Joe Bosch, all the boys behind the glass, just dominating. It's hot. JDP, eh? Yeah. Already? Yeah, I wow. think so. Today's the day. And was that the first time? I'm not saying my name in the podcast the whole time. It's JDP? No I like yeah. JDP. Me too. Wasn't yeah. there a guy in the NFL? Oh, that was JPP. Yeah. Yeah. With the, yeah. Blew his hand off the firework? Yeah, that was yeah. tough one. Yeah, yeah. JDP, was, like it. It I, feels very podcasty in here. Yeah, it's way better in here. It is way it's hot, better though. in here. It's yeah, hot it's, today. It is. The boys I, are going to get a schwitz. Like, this is legit. What's the temperature in I know, here? Hot. It's got to be like. The temp is hot. <laughs> yes. Confirmed. Above 80. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bikini weather. Yeah, it's smoking hot in the studio right now. Yeah, boys, gear down. <laughs> yeah, we're going to gear down. Tarps off time. Yeah, this is it. Like, you know what? This is how I'm going to keep tarps off season alive <laughs> is through this studio. Um, yeah, my buddy Sam McKee is here because uh, Leafs training camp. Um, we're here. Before we do that, though, I got to ask mm-hmm. you, how many old bros were fired up yesterday when Matt Chapman didn't put that home run jacket on? How many living rooms with uncles <laughs> were like, that's right, Chappie. Listen, <laughs> Chapman. There's a lot of guys that love Chapman for <laughs> oh. a lot of reasons, oh. but that is very high on the He's list. He's now for the a number lo- one old yeah, guy. I was going to say, uh, Jimmy in Innisfil, Ontario was yeah. like, oh, it's about time someone didn't put on that yeah. stupid jacket. Exa- exactly. Yeah. It's about time. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot no, of uncles uh, were fired up on that one. Yeah. What do you think that was about, though? He just forgot about it or he didn't want to do it? No. I don't know. It's kind of weird, though. Because like, he like ripped through the dugout and went, no, nah, I'm not putting this on. They do it every single homer. Like, when they're yeah. up big, down big, doesn't matter. They put it on. And that was a big moment in the game. Hits the bomb first inning, doesn't put it on. I'm like, yeah. oh, Chappie? I know. Locker room problem? What's going on No, here? I think... Leader? Can I give you my tip? Yeah, let me have it. That's not a tip, actually. It's, that's, that's a lie. That's, it's a take? It's a take. Okay. <laughs> I think Chapman is Team Dad. Mm. And I think Team Dad was like, we're chasing the Yankees. We got a big series against them coming up. Mm. Playoffs are coming. It's... It's time to lock in. Wow. Yeah. I think he did it. I think the uncles, I think he think. I think he's down with what the uncles think sometimes. <laughs> so, I think Chapman has a little bit of uncle thinking going did, on right now. So did they, Jackie Bradley hit a bomb later in the game. I was walking the dog. I didn't see it happen. Dude. Did they put the jacket on him? Hey, can I tell you how I watched? They did put the yeah, jacket on him. And Quebec, can I also tell you how I watched most of that game? Right. Like one eye. <laughs> Re- I was reading. I was getting ready for this stuff. Because one of the topics I want to touch on with you today is mm. crazy how little Leafs buzz there is in the city right now. People aren't fired up for the Leafs. And I know that it's weird times because how we're gauging some of this stuff online, who you follow, echo chambers, your buddies, Blue Jays. But I actually had to lock in and really think about Leaf takes for the first time. I don't want to say Leafs takes, but just make sure that I had everything down today where I went, okay, let me just catch up. Let me make sure I know everything that's going on, the ins and the outs. It's the first time I've ever had to do that since I, dude, I honestly don't know. I want to say high school where it was just different times where I was on Leafs Reddit boards or they weren't even Reddit boards. They were just message boards off the website. MapleLeafs.com, you'd go there and you'd fire up a fake trade and if the boys liked it, you'd give thumbs up. You'd be like, yes, this is awesome. So 
I think a lot of it has to do with just a general malaise because last year coming into the season, at least there was an anger, right? Like after the Habs blown mm-hmm. thing and you kind of were just like, oh, well, at least I'm, I'm anger watching this. I'm hate watching this. I want to see what they say. I want to see how the start of this year goes after how last year went. This year, I think the malaise has set in big time in terms of it's we're just doing it again. Yeah. Talk to, like I know the talk, I think to me that too. April, the talk to me in April thing has never been more happy. Like the, as a guy that does two hours a day talking about the Leafs, yeah. this year, generating the storylines we always do, it's a very different year. I guess the only different thing really is the goaltending, but like I think that's probably going to be a wash. They had the worst, one of the worst goaltending situations in the league last year. It can't be much worse than it was last year. I really don't think there's a lot of new things. The Jays are hot. Big playoff race coming for them. I just think people will check it out when they check it out. It's just a different type of year. People have a malaise, which is crazy because it's such a massive year. But Dubas has no contract next year. Matthews, one year closer to free agency. Two brand new goalies. It just all feels no so far away, though. It still it feels, far. It it feels far. It, it is feels far. It feels far. And so um, my guess is, is that the closer that we get to the season, it's just going to start to normalize a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about this last night in terms of people being bored of it. If you remember last year after the Habs, and yeah, people were pissed, mm-hmm. but I can still remember, you know, Stewie and Friedman. Friedman's on tomorrow, by the way. Nice. I'm fired up for that. Yeah, Love lots that. of lots of Friedman questions. Lots of Friedman stuff Love that I got cooked. Chat. I know. Can't wait. Always juicy. Just pick the brain. Yeah. I know. Just pick the brain. Just mine, mine the gold, yeah. you know? Just oh, yeah. mine the gold. Going to put my hard hat on, go underground. And, the gold rush. You've and, got her over and there. And go just for the gold. Yeah, exactly. We did it different, though. We were, yeah. You got the pan. Oh, yeah, the pan. Yeah, yeah, you saw Buster Scruggs. Oh, yeah. That's what we did, dude. I know, I know. And by we, I mean not me at all. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I went, I, we had these things in the Yukon where you could go do tourists, check out how to do a gold pan thing. Yeah. That's literally the max I did. Okay. I did the same thing. You yeah. go to a museum and they teach you how to do it, kind of. And I did it one time. Yeah. That's the closest here's I've ever come. Here's a tip. Yeah. You shake your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Next you put story. the dirt in the pan, <laughs> shake it, and you look for little shimmers. That's all right? right? It's not exactly no. rocket appliances. So, yeah. So, stoked for Friedman. But mm-hmm. I remember those guys sitting around having chats about, hey, nothing matters till playoffs. It just nothing matters till playoffs. And then the Leafs lit it up last year, and we thought, okay, Matthews MVP, win record, all these different things. And they were good in the postseason, but they still didn't get it done. Now everybody's fractured. I think it's two things. I think, one, there's really not too many buzzy things to talk about, right? Sure. We'll, we'll talk about like the, our sexier things heading into camp, like things we actually care about in a sec. So that's a big one. But two is, I kind of think the Leafs are like politics right now, where it's like, don't bring it up at the dinner table. Because you don't want the family yelling at each other. Because everybody's divided on it. People are pissed. Dubas is going in that final year of his contract, like you said. Matthews is staring down the barrel of that massive contract extension. It was just a polarizing finish to the year. And, dude, you and I were in the same boat where they lost the Lightning Game 7, and we both said, hey, that was different. And then we watched Sheldon Keefe go the handshake line, and then Mm -hmm. Dubas brings it up again. And then you went, okay, never mind what we said. Never mind anybody celebrating these guys whatsoever for getting knocked out because they still got knocked out. And it's tough. It's just they're they're a tough team to talk about right now. And I really do feel like fans are just, one, tired of discussing the same old things with the same old guys. Two, there's no real... There's no new face that's with the team that people are going, wow, I can't wait to see. Like, are you really that stoked to see Yarncroc? No, no new toys. And I guess you can talk about Kubel and you can talk about uh, Zach Aston Reese, but like, it's just, it's just a different version of the bottom six that they've run through there year after year with the big four era. I, we'll talk about the bottom six, but 
Yeah. Um, here, you ask Av fans, hey, who is the guy on that cup team that you hated the most? And it's Kubel with the Bullets every the single time. Yeah, he was the, he's the only guy. Zero. He's the only guy that left that team where they're like, Kubel. See you later. Yeah. yeah. Bye bye. Uh, Kubel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, hopefully he does something. Hopefully they can reinvent that fourth line. Mm-hmm. But it's already weird where you have no idea. It's like, okay, Zach Aston Reese, PTO guy, God debt, maybe. Joey Anderson has to apparently clear waivers for them to be able to move him back down this season, which, man, that would kind of stink if they only ended up in that. And not because Janssen turned out to be so great. It's more just you still want to be able to bring guys back in deals. Either way, there's just you're not having Nyes potentially show up this year. All the prospects kind of feel like they're a little further away, and the Robertson thing we'll get into. But there's just I don't really know what the talking points are. Like you, you This is not it's a team. Goal-tending. It is, but it's it's in the season. And yes. that's why I'm saying things will heat up. Yeah. That everybody's saying that nobody's going to care about the regular season this year and that this is a sign of it. I just think that what we're really at the point is we're Tom Brady, okay? We, we're not showing up for training camp. <laughs> we're taking 10 days off. Yeah, we're taking 10 days off during camp. skinny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're coming back 10 days later and people going, everything good at home? And we're like, think, I don't know. I don't think so. Jealousy. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> Chokes. That. She's not thrilled that I'm here. Yeah, she's not happy well, that I'm watching another season of Leafs. Yeah, I think I think it'll happen sooner than that because I don't know how they're going to you know use the preseason in terms of goaltending, in terms of defensive outputs, in terms yeah. of all this stuff. But like, you don't think that Matt Murray is going to get into one of these preseason games and something's going to happen no, and everybody's going to thing... start talking about it? Like, no, it'll happen sooner than sure. the regular season with goaltending. The goaltending is legitimately the number one talking yeah, point. Yeah, but if you, all get mad, re- if you get mad at preseason oh, well, games, dumb. goals getting but, scored on goalies, you're you're dumb. bozo. No, you're bozo. You can't. But you know you can't do that. Goal, you know what me the goalies. Like, I'm I'm immediately going to be ready to throw them off the the boat after I already said that I had good belief. In I was going to so. say you you. I, I'm captain of the Matt Murray fan. No, you and I signed a pack. No. That we wouldn't hammer these guys right away, and you're literally <laughs> telling me that you're gonna well break the pack after one preseason game where one of them lets in eight goals. Uh, so, I think I think the bottom half of the Leafs defense is very interesting. When you talk about Sandine, who knows what the hell's gonna happen with that? Now Lilligren's out for the whole training camp. We don't know how long he's gonna be out for, so it's gonna see how his role gets filled. I guess the bottom six, but like, it's just the main guys. It's just gonna come down to the four guys who make the most money being good. That's the whole year again. Like it's just mm. the same thing over and over and over and say what you will. Like it's, it's a hard thing to get up for when it's failed so many times. Well, no I, matter what. Also though, I don't want to say they've peaked in terms of they're going to regress those guys. I would no. say that with Tavares. Well, I think Tavares is, I think his best years are behind him. Well, yeah, man, Elliot was already talking at the end of last season about the potential for them to move off center. And I oh, thought, no. Well, but it's not think, happening now. I think the the thing to me, and one of the things, if we want to get into the stuff that we're interested in. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's go there now. I, milk? I, milk, whatever. <laughs> Least. C- yeah. Can I say? Don't care. Yeah, don't no. care about anything on jerseys, on uh, ads on jerseys. Are there any good ones? Milk. Milk is a no, good one. milk isn't a good no, one. No, it's a good one. It looks good. It's like, it's just, it's subtle. It's on the jersey. It's the same color. You see the Habs? They you got the Sid's tweet? It was good. Sid tweet? Oh, I thought you meant, I was like, Sidney Crosby has no. better? <laughs> <laughs> Kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Sid, he's like, oh what, two percent? Yeah, oh, I saw that I joke ten times. I, 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 I laughed. But guess what? It was good. The teams milk me for yeah. all I'm worth. Yeah, dude, that's why yes. they're the milk boys. They yes. they're just yeah. you know milk dubas for all the every dollar. Yeah. You know, I just cry over spilt milk. Yeah, blah, 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 it's yeah. just yeah, I'm not a big milk guy. Oh, Joe is Joe Bosch yeah. is like a graphic designer. That's how we found him. Okay, he's doing designs. Oh, all right, Joe, you're the hammer here. Like you get you can turn on the mic. You gotta gotta turn it on. That's cool. 
What do you think about milk? You get the hammer. We're going to go with you, all right? You're the design guy on the show. What do you got? You know, I do like how they color-coded it yes. to match the jerseys. Correct. Well, yeah, it's milk. The, it's the, white. The, Why the actual logo? Black? <laughs> yeah, true. They were going to be like, yo, black milk. Chocolate it's milk. Like- <laughs> I, I honestly don't mind it. I think it looks cool. It looks clean. Cool. The only The only thing... The only thing is that when they have a bad game, people mm. are going to pull out the 2% joke, and yeah. then it's going to be all over Twitter. Yeah. But in terms of a design aspect, I do like it. I think it's clean. All right. It's clean. There's, Agree. There's Josiah Bosch. That's our guess, resident Guess what? I'm with the youth. Sports fashion. I like you. I'm with the youth. Yeah, you like the Bieber jersey. I did. I didn't like so, the Bieber jersey. I, I, the ads are inevitable. I Listen, I don't love yeah, it. Yeah. I'd rather not have the ads. But as far as that goes, like... I mean, the only other one I would have preferred would be Pizza Pizza. That's the only other one. Good, uh, good Ontario Canada I, company. Yeah. I would have liked that. I do but, like that. It's the the farmers. You yeah, know? for sure. It's like the milk mafia. Yeah. Big milk. Yeah. Big dairies big got milk. their money in our. We got the bags of milk. <laughs> it's kind of our thing. You know what? Now I'm coming around yeah. on milk. So it's you not know? bad. Yeah, so it's not bad. The thing to me is shout the, out to the milk boys. So on the ice and not the milk boys on the ice. Yeah. I, to me, the Marner, uh, Marner Matthews thing. I really, split I really, really want to split them. I just, I think that Marner took such a huge step last year. And a big part of that was with Matthews. I understand that. And the reason that he had so many points is because he was feeding Matthews and shooting him in the net. Yeah. But I just, like, Marner last year, you remember the conversations about him going into camp and the hatred towards him and the tough time and all the pressure that was on him after last year? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's there at all this year. I don't feel like the conversations about him are nearly as, there's not as much vitriol at all. Don't you feel the same way? Like, I really feel no, like people, he's, people know now. I think he's poised for a massive year. I just think he's going to have a big, big year on the ice. And to me, Tavares needs him way more. The Matthews does. Like, I really want to go back to the well with a full, long stretch of Marner and Tavares on the same line. Like, I just don't I, think I can't, yeah. dude, I can't do another year of Kerfoot, Nylander, Tavares. Well, this that, is, and we're staring down the barrel of another full season of that. And like, I can't do it. I we think, know it doesn't work. I think that they're going to start it where it's Kerfoot up there, but then on, to, on the top line, with no, Matt, no, 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 in the second line with those two guys. But then, then, then what's your other option? No, no, yarn Crock? Yeah, I think they're going to go, I think they're going to Yarn Crock it up. Nah. It's, it's, you know, Guy's not a goal scorer, man. It's Croc Rock. He's he's, he's he, coming up. He's Croc Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Croc. Yeah, no, but he, the new Croc Rock. Toronto got a new Croc Rock, and he's going to be on the second line because why wouldn't you, dude? They got to. Here's the thing: they got to trade Kerfoot eventually. That's just got to no, happen. They don't. Yes, they do because they can't keep doing the own rental thing, and he's still a 50 point guy who can actually play. And yeah, but you got to send him somewhere where you're you can not going to get anything some. for him. So really, what? get something. No, it's the same I thing disagree. With no, I, I saw disagree. Some, one of my buddies was like, they should put him on waivers if they need to, and I went, what? No, they should just keep him too. Yeah, I know, but the cap situation is a tough one if you sign Sandy. Well, they're just going to keep putting people on the LTIR list. They're like, oh, Engvall's hurt. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm sure he's just, I'm sure he can yeah. barely walk. Same you know with, same with, one? same with Lilligren. Well, that's a weird one because they're not really, there's nothing really to it. Do you see CJ's tweet was basically, sorry, CJ, if I'm getting it wrong here, but there's, I, no, there's no details. It went, he was like, they're not saying anything else at this yeah, time. Yeah, guess what? Today they have to. Yeah, they're gonna ask, and he's probably gonna be like, "Yeah, yeah he's we're gonna p- reevaluate." He's picked up a knock, and he will reevaluate. And like, I really don't think it's anything serious. Okay. Like, I just really do think they're they're doing the cap thing here. So they're massaging it. Maybe they do that. Maybe they're doing what was it called, Lou Island? Buddy, who outside of the top five, four guys on the Leafs, who yeah. is the most important forward? Probably Kerfoot. Like no, he's it's camp. Yeah. Okay. But in terms of offensive. I think I think he is right there with those with camp. Like he is equally as important to Lisa's camp is. I love camp. Me too. You're not going to get me. We're off camp, camp boys. Yeah, I love camp. camp. I love yeah. going camping. Yeah, I know. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he. I mean, Dude, after I saw that eight I pack, know, the eight pack, yeah, yeah. the washboard abs yeah. in the off season, camp is the guy. And re-sign they, camp. They, I saw. Some, and by the way, it's bunting. 
Yeah, I guess it's bunting, but it's still I, bunting. Bunting's a product of his environment too. I, I yeah, really, yeah. I know. All right, you got plenty of time for that take. All right, we'll save that for the regular season. Hold on, let's just stick with training camp here because you're right. Let's get back on. Track. I just think Kerfoot's way more important than a lot of people want to give him credit for. I think, dude, come on. I came on Real Kipper and Born last year and hit you guys with the like, we can't evaluate Kerfoot into the playoffs because he's just a playoff guy. Stewie was right. Hashtag Stewie was right. Mm. But I still just, I'm done with the own rental thing. That's it. It's like you, you see the result of it and that's where I'm going with this. Okay, that's where I'm going with my training camp thing. Because yeah, the goalies is the most important thing of the season. Mm. Can you get one of these guys to be above combat? Can you have a better goaltending situation than you had last year? And can like the backup actually be a, a good backup? Well, Who cares? The, might be the starter. Yeah, but that's Soon. the thing. Samsonov is what a year one point eight. Yeah. Who cares? It's nothing. That's nothing. Who cares? What he does is is completely irrelevant. The problem with Morazic was never that it was he wasn't very good. It was that you gave him way too much money in term. You can have a guy kind of stink as your backup and then bring Shalgren in there and give him a shot again. Who cares? Like get get one of the guys to fill in. The issue is Matt Murray. Can Matt Murray be something comparable to who he was? And there's lots of stuff on this from both sides of the aisle. Some people think that he was starting to turn around last year and that he was changing some of his mechanics. I've talked to a bunch of different guys about it. We'll see. That's an in-season thing. Blue line, same thing. I can't wait to see how the pairings shake out. I think it's the most secondary, most important thing because it's even more than the forwards because weirdly, it's actually, I think, more about making sure that they can get a lot out of Muzzin and Riley and how they balance out the right side is going to be super interesting in camp. But for me, the thing that I care about the most, Nick Robertson. I just do. I, I care about Nick Robertson. And I didn't think I cared about Nick Robertson because I was already in the trade Nick Robertson camp last, off, last season, right? Coming to the deadline, they did the showcase that they said wasn't a showcase. He came up here, he played 10 games, and he got one goal. Mm-hmm. He, did, he was a passenger, right? He played all those minutes with Tavares, but he clearly needs to be a top six guy. He's not going to be in your bottom six. He's not playing down there with Kubel. He's not on that third line. There's no room for him there anyways. What is he going to do at camp? That's what I care about with Nick Robertson. He's 21 years old. He's a point of game player in the AHL last year. It's been up and down in terms of reports on him, what people think he's going to be. He's obviously got the heavy shot, but outside of that, there's been a lot to be desired. This is a hype market. This is a place where people talk about you if you can do things. If you're even a remote somebody, right? Look at what happened with Matthew Nyes. He just almost got in the Hockey Hall of Fame last year. <laughs> and the crazy thing is we do this hype up stuff I know. when they have the four like greatest players of the last yeah, like, It's like they have so many great players. We but still do the hype saying. up things. But this is what I'm saying. I'm going to care about those guys when the regular season comes and as the season goes on. I know. Training camp, I don't care what Austin Matthews is doing outside of, hey, is his wrist good? Maybe just don't play. Yeah. Who cares? Oh, it's awesome. I'm not worried about those yeah. guys. Their line combination, sure, but it's uh I don't really see a big difference between with her. It's unless they do the move you're talking about mm-hmm. where they split up the big two. I don't really care what grouping they do with Nylander and Tavares. I do. I guess. I'm just saying Crock Rock or or Kerfoot, same, same, same to me. But the dream the dream scenario, and we saw it last year, and it was not for a very long stretch of time. Mm-hmm. But Keith tried Robertson with those two guys. I know. remember that. And, and that's I think what I'm that's saying. The goal he, I think he scored against Vancouver was the goal he scored. I have no and, idea. Yeah, I think it was against Vancouver. And he did not elevate his game. He didn't look like he belonged. He was a passenger, like yeah, dude, you said. Yeah, he was minus four with a goal. But I think that is their dream scenario for that second line, right? So, yeah, it was against the Canucks. Wow, that's yeah, stupid. I, I can't even remember my email password, but I remember yeah, no. that. Um, my brother has changed. We obviously do like the shared account <laughs> thing on... Yeah. 
uh, on what? Like multiple streaming platforms, okay. right? Because okay. like, who pays for all of them, right? You gotta yeah. be nuts. Yeah. Everybody's all in like gangs. I got, I got like, Crave, yeah, yeah, my yeah, own Crave. Got my parents Netflix. Yeah, exactly. I got somebody it's, else's Disney Plus. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm You're just in the that. gang. Yeah. He keeps forgetting the password on one of the streaming sites, and it changes literally oh, every week. Oh my god, that's psycho! And it's, yes. it's becoming a point. Yeah. It's gotten to the point now where I, I kind of want him to get like checked out. You know, I want to just like, hey, go. Just go see a doctor for like 10 seconds. Make, make, put that light in your eye and let, let them take a little look behind your brain and see if there's anything in there. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. So I definitely agree that Robertson is the, is the most interesting thing at a camp. Yeah. If, like, it's just to see can what he can do. Can you get some hype? For sure. That's all I want. Can you shoot a couple in the net in the preseason? Let us talk about it. Let's yes. get us excited about it. Let us believe that he can elevate his game to play on that second line. What I like I, that. I like I that. I want to know. He stays healthy. Mm-hmm. I want, you know what I want to hear with Nick Robertson? He's in the best shape of his life. And he doesn't fall down he's, every shift? He's, that'd yeah, be nice. That'd be really nice. Hey, here's the things I want to know. Did he put on 10 pounds of muscle? Mm-hmm. That'd be sweet. I would love that. Hey, is he now working on his playmaking and knowing that the <laughs> shot is great, but that he's got to look for teammates at the NHL level and it can't just be, you know, you're a one-dimensional guy. You're not Ovi, dude. Yeah. Like, you're, you're not just getting to post up on the power play and do that. So how are you going to contribute to this team? Is he trying to focus on other parts of his game? Has he taken that step? What what does this training camp look for Nick Robertson? Because I don't see anybody else that's on the bubble here that's going to matter, right? Like we can do all this, you know, Joey Anderson stuff and Goddet stuff. Oh, just feels like they're all the same guy. Yeah, they're all the same. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, same guy, same same. Mm-hmm. Bottom six is going to again. This is the story for the the season, right? We all thought. I mean, not we. I didn't like it, but you definitely did. When you were all like Nick Ritchie. You're all horned up. Oh, I was, I was horned up for Nick Ritchie. Yeah, I know. For you sure. Were, you were just like, this is going to work. And I was like, mm. I, I, the idea of Nick yeah. Ritchie. That's what I'm saying. I love the idea. I, I, didn't, I didn't actually love him. I love the idea yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He did. You got horned up for that idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, oh, I mean, a big guy that can score and hit and maybe fight yeah. once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Why, why would anyone like that idea? Okay, last thing. Okay. Quick, quick on this one. Yep. Do you actually care that dude was his lame duck? Do you think it matters? I think actually no. But from a PR perspective, yes. So no. For me, like I Who think Who cares about PR? Me. Why? Because I'm in the public. It's public relations. It's like <laughs> it's like I think yeah. I think if, if <laughs> I, hey, all time answer. I'm a, right, I'm true. part of the public. All right, all right. I think it matters because if you're if you're down at the coffee shop and like you're talking about Joe and Atobico having a conversation, no. you don't think that that comes up like oh Dubas in the last year of his contract, lame duck. Like I don't think it matters within the organization. Like you said yesterday, we were talking about this. Like it's not the '70s anymore. That's it's what I like, mean. It's not like they're like oh trade they're everything. I'm gonna trade everything. Rule. They're not bringing no, in the steepian rule get, in hockey now. I get going, that. Oh, you traded but four first round picks. I think the perception of him being in his last year matters. And I think what's probably going to happen. I really feel like I mean I don't have any insight on this. I'm just a dumb ball. But like yeah. I feel like it's going to be the same as they did last year with Keith. Yeah. Where I think it was October first or second, they snuck a little contract extension uh-huh. in under the under the table just for one or two years. Listen, don't guys, do that. I, I think they should. No. I think I don't listen, I don't love Dubis. If they don't do good anything in the playoffs this year, gone hundred percent. But I think it's hard to have him go into the season without a contract for the following year. The Matthews thing hanging over all this, like you need to have a contract for him in my opinion. Dude, I'm I'm so I'm middle of the road with Dubis. When someone really is starting to hate on him, I'm going like chill out. The Leafs are good. Like they're yeah, way yeah. better than every Leafs team you've ever seen. Yes. And he's unequivocally better than like every guy that they've had before for like a long time. Mm. This is a team. No, dude, I watched JFJ teams. I remember better than Lou, dude. He was, he's just like, he's here now longer than Lou. He's got more of a track record. And Lou's thing was, that's the, not the easiest time, but Lou is on the come up and Lou still did some pretty dumbo things like the third year for Marlowe. And I'm just saying that he, of course, but 
Although you know me, I was always kind of like a little. And bit. guess what? And he also did some awesome contracts. Morgan Riley, Codrick. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to go over this. Anderson. Like, there's a million. I'm just great saying that Dubis has been around longer, and he's been in the heat of it. And yeah, do I think that the Leafs right now? If you're looking at, hey, who are the five best teams in hockey? I'd go Leafs are one of those teams. No doubt. And that's how I feel. And so he's love him or hate him. The Leafs are one of the best five teams in hockey, and they've set franchise records and points back to back years. Like. They looked good against Tampa. I wish you wouldn't talk about the handshake line, but whatever. He's still doing he's it. Gonna he's going to do like, it. Yeah, he's over under handshake lines right. today at so Media Day. Why, you, if you care about PR, then that should be number one PR focus today. Leafs PR. Yeah, that's why. Hey, hey we're no gonna, talking about the handshake you, line. Ban it. Ban I know you guys are talking about, about it. I know you guys were to do gambling, yeah. but uh, over under one and a half mentions of handshake line today. Over. Yeah, yeah for agree. sure. Because uh, because it's somebody somebody's bringing it up. Somebody's going to do it with all the players too. They're going to be like, yeah, back to the handshake line. They're still talking about that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. I just think the thing with Dubis is that. It's a different time, and I don't have a problem with the prove me era because to me the prove me era isn't hey go and mortgage the future to go get one round of a win. This team knows that they got to win a cup, and this team knows that they got to show progress. Mm-hmm. And I think Dubis just having his season graded out and not overreacting. I think he should be mature enough. Like really, if he's a baby going, you don't believe in me. It's like cool, then well, then prove it. But just go, but back it up. Continue to prove it. It's not like you're not going to have other jobs out there, and you're still going to want to do the best job possible. I think it's a little overrated. By the way, I'm going to cheat though because. When Friedman comes on tomorrow and he gives a little bit more of the lowdown and I can, you know, get a little, you know, mind that goal. Yeah. I'm going to switch my, I'm going to switch hard. Wow. Flip flop. Oh, if he's like, this is bad. I'm going to be like, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly. The important thing is is that uh, Shanahan's one year longer. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he is overseeing it. Like, he's not going to let, like you said, he's not going to let the 1975 thing happen where he's like, trade all the first for a rental. You know, like, that's not going to happen. No, no, it's not going down. Anyway, Sammy Key, real kipper and born. Thanks, brother. Um, You're on Sportsnet today, too, later, if you want to hear more Sammy. But now, it's time for action. Brought to you by DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Okay, boys, um, we talked about some early lines yesterday that we liked. Joe Bosch. Pete Walker, two-pick Pete. You had the opportunity, Pete, to be the bad boy of the show. You blew it. Um, you went back to being a nice guy. You got kind face. It's tough. <laughs> you know, it's hard to be a bad boy when you got kind face. It's just tough. You know, you really got to break the rules, and you went right back to the rules. All right, so I'm gonna, I want to talk props today. And this one's a little bit tougher. Maybe we'll end up switching this up as the year goes on because we don't have everything today. But... I asked you guys to come up with a prop for me today that you're already looking at early in the week. What do you got? I'll start with you, two-pick Pete. You, what's your one pick? Well, JD, I'll be making the uh, transition from two-pick Pete to mm-hmm. uh, sweaty Pete, possibly. Okay, that's not, you don't be... want that, dude. You don't want that. That's <laughs> yeah, not good. Yeah. Good point, actually. It, talk to Joe about branding before you come up with these things, all right? Like, not uh, sweaty Pete. Yeah, not, sweaty, yeah, not, not sweaty Pete. Yeah. Okay, doesn't not sweaty Pete. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, that's tough. No. Okay, well, I'll be sweating out this uh, Derek Carr over three and a half rushing yards, minus 120 on DraftKings. I'm curious what you think of this, JD. Uh, you were my inspiration for this pick because of your Cole Komet receiving yards oh. last week. Um, Raiders at Titans. Uh, he averaged 5.8 rushing yards per game throughout his career, and the Titans have averaged 11 yards allowed per game last season against quarterbacks. Mm. So, I don't know. Kind of a fun I bet. I, I think it's fun. I, I'm still feeling for producer Austin Mackey, who's a Titans fan and went to that Bills game and got right, hammered, right. and a 12-year-old bullied him. And he was like, yeah, a 12-year-old threw a football in my head. I was like, that's tough. He was like, let's go. <laughs> Bills, this Bills Mafia. Austin, I wish he had a mic in front of him because I just want to know. Because when that game was close early in the Titans track record, he must have been thinking like, you know what? We're doing it again. We're doing it again, fellas. And I bet you he had like two or three Bud Lights minimum and started to maybe say some things and drew attention to himself. And then the rest of that 
day must have been absolute nightmare fuel. All right, Joe Bosch, what do you got? I'm going Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Mixon, over 18 and a half receiving yards. I think 18 and a half receiving yards is absurdly low for Joe Mixon right now. Joe Burrow in the last four games, including last year, Joe Burrow's love targeting him 27 times, 23 completions, almost 200 yards, 199 to be exact. So 18 and a half seems really low. He's already hit the over in both week one and week two this year. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon, I think he's getting 20 minimum. I love that. I love those. I love both those best boys. Good work today. All right. That was time for action. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Up next, um, do you think Avs fans thought that when McKinnon said, I'll take less to win in 2019, he meant 100 mil? Let's ask Christopher Stieg. Next on the J.D. Bunkers Podcast, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays, Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Nathan Kinn was already rich. He was on the biggest sweetheart deal in hockey. No one's going to fault him, right? Guy's a winner. But he's 12.6 a year. Got the bag, 100 million bucks with the Colorado Avalanche. I don't think I said that right. I think I said the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche. Um, in 2019, the guy said, quote, I'll take less to win, end quote. His idol is Sid. Sid has done that. Technically, it's less than he could have gotten. I wonder if it's more or less than the rest of the hockey world feels about it. Christopher Stieg, Stanley Cup champion, a guy who knows about winning and founder of the Clever App. What's up, buddy? What's going on? What's this new show I'm on right now? What is this even called? It's called My Name, the J.D. Bunkus Podcast. And thanks for your support. You know, like you, okay, you know, all right. You're, Thanks you're, for having me. Yeah, you're Thanks for having me on. First week yeah. of the show, you know, just no big deal that I wanted my friend on and come on and respect your opinions and you don't even have the time to, you know, subscribe and review to the podcast like the rest of my friends. You leave five stars. Fair enough. I'll do that right after this. Yeah. I just wanted to figure out where I was talking yeah, right that's now. That's what you're talking. You're talking on okay. uh, my podcast. So, um, McKinnon, how'd you, how, what were your thoughts? Just like you first saw that number because I, I think for me anyway, it was just like, yeah, of course he deserves that. Of course he should get that. But with where Colorado's at, kind of in their progression as a team and coming off the Stanley Cup win, did it surprise you at all that the Sid Disciple went out and got, you know, the, the biggest contract in hockey? It, it, it didn't shock me, he, and he's earned every penny of that. And again, if you're averaging out the 12.6 over the past six years, they took, what, 5.6 or 6.5? What did he have prior to this? Yeah, his, I can't remember what the deal was. I think it was $6 bucks, But also... Everybody looks at that like he took some huge sweetheart deal, but at the time, yeah. it was kind of an appropriate contract. It just it got was, crazy right. a year later. Yeah, you're right. It was an appropriate contract, but maybe the way they were looking at it was like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I'm still going to take a sweetheart deal because if you take about $3 million off of each year and average it onto the last four years that I got you 100 points and won you a Stanley Cup, then we're, then we're even. So maybe if you're looking at it from that way, obviously he's going to take up a big percentage of the cap now and it's going to constrain him to a couple 
um, you know, probably less players. You can't go to the deadline and get Lekkonen's and certain guys now. But at the same time, he's done his part. He deserves every penny he gets. And again, what is there, like four players in the world that can kind of do what he does? So he, he deserves it. No, he 100% does. I just, I, I try to put it through the lens of if I was an Avalanche fan, right? And I was looking at this generation of these players and like Landeskog, the captain, comes back on the $7 million deal. And that that was a sweetheart deal, right? If you looked you at him entering... So? You think Landeskog at $7 million, I do. I think that the guy was, what, 28 years old entering free agency. He was a captain. He's a guy that every team would want to have on their team that they're trying to win. And he takes seven. I just, I would look yeah, at that as, I think about like, it as like percentages. Wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong? You're wrong. You're, All right. you, that's not a sweetheart deal. Are you mm. kidding me? Okay. Nate, uh, Landis Cog, what's he get? 65, 70 points a year? Yeah. Plays hard, plays both ways. What's the sweetheart deal with him? I, like a million off, maybe? Like what he could have I mean. got. Could he got more than seven and a half, eight on the open market? That's what I would assume. Have? I would assume that he could have gotten eight. Okay. Well, I guess if we're he, looking at it this way, McKinnon's taking a million less a year, too, because he could have easily said to Colorado, like, yeah. hey, I want more. I want more than this. And him taking only the point one more than McDavid, I thought was like, okay, this will last for a week before uh, Matthews gets his contract up for negotiation. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it, too. It's a little bit of a statement. It's, it's just like, hey, it's, it's a little bit of competitive. I think that the agents like it, too. I just, I guess I, I was just a little PA surprised. I think if the PA has you know anything left mm-hmm. if they're smart they would have stepped in and said you have to up the ante nathan that's mm-hmm. that's just my personal thought if i was the head of the pa i would have went right to nathan's agent and said you take even more than point one more than mcdavid but the way i looked at it is obviously they keep trying to make the bar higher and higher and the pa should i know it's been a hard cap and you're constrained uh, and we could go on all day what a joke the hard cap is but mm-hmm. same thing like you should be hopping in as the PA and pushing the contract's limits. So when I saw that, I thought maybe, maybe they got involved with the agency and said, hey, you got to take more than uh, 12-5. You got to take one, a little bit more than McDavid to show the progression of the league, mm-hmm. to show the players are getting more money. So again, that's when, when I actually look at that, that's what I thought, but who knows. Yeah, well, I, that's why I want to talk to you, though. It's because your thought means more than my thought in this regard, and you would know more. And this makes that that does make sense. And the more, again, the more I look at it, the more I feel like, all right, this is a, a very fair contract. This is a good contract. I just assumed that the guy who was, I, I remember hearing Sidney Crosby talk on Spit and Chicklets like a couple of years ago about taking less to make sure that Gino took less. And I just wondered if some of his teammates, they would have looked at that and said, all right, like you wanted the most amount of money. I'm sure they're happy for him. I'm sure everybody is. I would have just looked at it through the lens of a fan, which was I was kind of expecting that your number would come in a little bit lower and that, yeah, you would really be trying to keep what is a special team together and that this was going to be something like the Lightning 2.0. And it's going to be harder to do that with a guy at 12.6. They've got a great core that's tied up, right? Rantanen's around nine. They've got Landis Cog for the next bunch of years at seven. They locked up Val Nakushkin and Lekkanen and uh, obviously Kale McCarr. McCarr's yeah. at eight, right? McCarr's at nine. McCarr's at nine all the way until 2027. But guess what? That deal is just always going to be incredible. Like, yeah. you just, you and, can't. And then if you look at those two, if you take your yeah. top two players, you're still at 21 million, right? Yeah. Or 21 and a half. So, and you got a Stanley Cup under your belt. You're feeling know, right. Yeah, you're feeling pretty good. You're right. Again, you could look at it as a fan, or uh, as a fan, and all fans do with their hearts as they should. And you see a guy that took took the money. I see a guy that, you know, deserves the money 
And then if the PA sees a guy that should push the salary cap or should push the contracts up as high as they can. So um, when I look at this, just from the first thing that I thought when I saw 12-6, that was the first thing I thought is not so much, hey, he got tons of money or, hey, the fans, but I just thought, hey, PA should or might have stepped in and said, hey, you got you to gotta take more than McDavid. You got to keep making contracts go up. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to see what Matthews has becomes after this year. Well, what do you think his will be, though? Like well, 13? I think, well, I think he's going to definitely take more. He's not going to take less than those guys. He doesn't care. Like, yeah. <laughs> you think Matthews cares about the narrative of, like, no, he's going back to the well, and I think he's going to do another five year deal. I really you think five. I think it'll go two to three year deal. You think Max. he'll go even shorter? I, I think he'll go thirteen million, and no. I'll call it today. I swear he'll go thirteen, thirteen five for two to three years max. See that actually that actually will draw the ire of the fan base because fans before were super defensive about the five years. Because how could you not, right? It was yeah, Austin no, Matthews, and the fan base was in the most optimistic place it had ever been since you know I've been alive, and or at least in the salary cap era. By the way, you're right, and I just do need to say about the cap, it does piss me off that we have these conversations where like Nathan McKinnon, the best hockey player on earth, gets paid with like you know your fourth starter, fifth starter gets in yeah. baseball, and we're like, wow, I think maybe he took a little too much, and we're talking about like hundreds of thousands of dollars would have made the difference here, because like if he takes if he takes less than uh, McDavid, right? If he takes 12-4 even, people are going, what a hero. Like, what a, yeah. what a hero today that this guy is. And instead, you know, you got bozos like me kind of insinuating that he's greedy. <laughs> like, yeah, well, he lied. No, no, he's I think a liar. Cap, we, could, we could go into the hard cap all day. I, I just know. think it's insanity that the, that the Toronto Maple Leafs have to spend the same amount as the Phoenix no, no, Coyotes. The dumbest thing. Ever. You know what I mean? Like, you we mean can the get into that Arizona all day. Coyotes because they what play? No, they're the Arizona Coyotes because they play at uh, Arizona State University now, they're, and they they're split. A joke. The... They're a joke. Well, not even going to them. Yeah, man, it's, anyway, it's really bad. I was gonna say if the PA yeah. cares about something, they should start caring about that. Like that's that's yeah. what I would care about, not whether or not McKinnon takes you know point one more. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm, I, I feel like he's gonna take five again, and that it'll just be with sort of the wink-wink, nudge-nudge that... And it doesn't even have to be wink-wink, nudge-nudge. I just think he's the kind of guy, he's a huge basketball fan. He's not, I think, afraid of whatever the media says. He's the number one I-don't-care guy, and I believe it. Like, when he says stuff and goes, yeah, I'm not paying attention to that, I'm like, yep, I, I believe you. Other guys, I go, you're lying. Um, I know you're lying, but that's okay. You have to say that publicly. I've always just been, Matthews is that dude, he is him, and if he takes a five-year deal here and he gets that money and then he demands out of Toronto in three years, I don't, I don't think he'll care what the optics are. Yeah, uh, again, I, I just think the way he would look at it, I don't know Matthews at all. Mm-hmm. I just think the way he looks at it is he's going to keep pushing the boundaries on contracts. So, yeah. you know, every two to three years, that's why he's going at two to three years because he knows he's going to score 40, 50, 60, depending on the year, every single year. And your contract's going to keep going up and up. And if you go on short term, you're going to keep pushing the ceiling. So that's where I think he comes in at. You know, he's going to probably ask for two. Lisa will want three. Probably go at three is my guess is where he'll fall on it, between 13 and 14, somewhere in there. That's just, this is my feeling, my gut mm-hmm. gut feeling. I, I would, uh, I'd make a public bet with you, J.D. All right, done. That's yeah, absolutely. Feel. Yes, yeah. like I will take the over on... What you what what you what are you picking? You're just gonna pick three. Go safe. I'll go over I'll, on three. I'll go three. Yeah, I'll yeah. go. I'll go over on three, three or under. I'll go. Yeah, yeah. Three okay. or under, you get. Three or over, I'll get. We'll decide what that wager is um, okay. at another time. Um, but yeah, I I just have a t- I man. As much as 
I want to believe that he's that gutsy with it. He is still someone that's had a few injuries in his career, and I, and I do believe that guys want at, maybe at least a little bit of security. And I didn't expect to go here with you because I do want to talk a little bit about Chara, maybe some PK, and yeah, just Leafs baggage in general. But I, that's an interesting thing that I never really considered until talking to you right now, which is these star players having to balance those three things, which is, hey, I need to get money. Obviously, I want to be paid what I'm worth and feel like the league and my team respects me, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I also want to make sure our team can stay competitive because the hard cap. And I know the realities of even if you're taking a few extra hundred thousand that you look at the Leaf situation right now, right? They're trying to get Sandine signed. And if Sandine signs, it yeah. means like Hall is gone. There's really no other ways to work it. Simmons career is essentially over. Clifford's career is over. There's just like, you're, you're making decisions for other guys. But then there's that factor too, which is trying to make sure that the guys coming behind you can make more in a sport where it can be limited at times and they're going to use your comparables to the letter of the law in a hard cap league. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think they got to push the limits personally. Mm -hmm. I know you got to think about everyone else. Um, you do have to have some consideration on a human element, you know, how many guys careers could be ended, like you said, or how many young guys might not play or, yada yada but at the end of the day it is about pushing um boundaries it is about making players in this sport paid uh, the way they should be and if we keep being like oh connor said it at 12-5 well connor's agent signed an eight-year deal mm-hmm. for connor like the, the fact that connor signed an eight-year deal was mind-blowing to me again yeah. i when i see matthew sign five i was like this kid should have signed for four three or four he could be at 20 million right now. Every you know what I mean? Again, you do every, every fan needs your God's sake. Yeah, I know. Like, yes. It's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. I, as <laughs> they should. But <laughs> like, that's Matthew, the way I'm looking at it. Don't be like, stupid. Take a one-year deal. Go year by year and then just keep teasing the fan base year over year what you're going to do. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Kawhi, right? It's the Kawhi yeah. in these guys. But at the end of the day, I want to see players paid. I want to see the excitement brought, not just around hockey on the ice, but off the ice. You know, I just think it gives so much more excitement to the game when you can bring other value rather than just on ice product and i think these contract type of uh, conversations brings extra value it brings you know animosity at times it brings uh, conversation points and and i like it i think it's uh i think it's a great job i think both of them should hire me as their agent yeah i've already no you stay out in fact you're no, banned John, from the show because i, I, I don't want to have the I risk think- I don't even know the risk Matthews accidentally clicks a button on his phone and hears that. Like, you know, he never would, but it's just somebody <laughs> around him, you know, one of his buddies. And he's like, what was that guy saying about me? And he's like, never mind. Don't, don't sweat it, bro. So speaking of pushing the limits, man, Char played for 25 years. Um, yeah. Made a hundred million bucks. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, was to me, I felt sad when I saw his retirement in a weird way because, and, and I was telling this to the guys yesterday, it feels like, um, when Kobe retired for me in that I feel like I'm never going to hate a guy the same way, like sports hate a guy. Cause I hated my team's playing char. Right. And he played a hundred games against the Leafs. He was dominant in most of them um, from ragdolling McCabe, you know, just embarrassing me while I was in university with all my friends. Like he's just been a constant in my life. And I realized, you know, I'm not going to see him and go, ah, you know, I hate him, but man, what was it like playing him, especially in his prime? Yeah. Uh, there are guys that are constants, right. And it's like yeah. nostalgic when you see their name and, uh, everything they've done in the league. Yeah, he was the ultimate hockey player, man. So when I was a rookie, I was drafted to the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Charo, I was 19. Charo was with uh, o- or Ottawa, sorry, just signed as a yeah. free agent with Boston. We went out for dinner in Moncton, so I was 19, right? And we're at dinner. It's me, Sturm. This is a great story, by the way. It's me, Sturm, Glenn Murray, uh, Chara, 
and a couple other young rookies. And Char ordered like three chicken breasts and rice, right? And all of a sudden, and, and all of a sudden, someone farts at the dinner table, right? I have no idea what's going on. Some rookie blames me, right? So all you see is Chara. He's about to throw up his chicken and rice. And he's like, who did that? Who did that? And he starts yelling at me, right? And I'm 19. I have no idea what's going on. They just brought me out for dinner because I wasn't playing in the game. And I'm like, I swear I didn't do it. It wasn't me, you know? And that was my first encounter with Chara. It was that he was actually having dinner. And then after that, we went and we did, uh, actually, a little before that story, um, I got to see him do pull-ups, right? So um, that was my first close encounter. He was a gym freak, right? Yeah. Yeah. So about a week and a half before that, we're doing pull-ups. I did 12 pull-ups, right? I was like 185 pounds, really good shape. And the way they do the pull-ups, it was really hard because you got to straighten your arms. Yeah, you got to go all the way down. Yeah. You're not like me where it's like half and then go like four. Yeah, the (laughs) momentum. It's like on a, it's like dun, dun, you know? So it's like really paced. Most guys are getting between 12 and 14. He had like 33, right? And this guy, you know, when you're doing pull-ups at his height, his knees are bent the whole time. So Mm -hmm. not only that, he's probably doing like hamstring raises or hamstring curls, uh, for the for the minute and a half he was doing pull-ups. But that, to me, was where I was like, do I got to actually be like that to make the NHL? <laughs> like, this guy is insane. So that was, uh, that was the first time I got to witness him close up. And then, obviously, after uh, he realized it wasn't me at the dinner table, um, he ended up talking to me, and he's been, he was just a great guy. And then, obviously, playing against him for 11 years and, and not being able to get around him one time. And him humbling me day after day was actually a, a horrible experience for me, but I'm sure it was easy for him. And just to see how he carried himself and was respected throughout the league and how he's still carrying the torch is amazing. So what a career for uh, what a player, uh, an anomaly in the sense of height and, and, and smarts and ability to make plays and, and do everything. And it's just been an incredible run. And like you said, he's a nostalgic player. He's a guy people from our generation think of, uh, and you get nostalgic thinking about. Yeah, I just, he's hes a total one of one, right? Like, the, I just don't think this is going to be another guy like him. I just remember being younger, too, thinking, okay, well, he probably won't age well. And then he ends up playing 25 years, you know, he plays a quarter of a century yeah. in the NHL. And he was playing, like, real minutes against the Leafs a couple of years ago. Um, the guy obviously he played loved in the game. a hard NHL, that's, too. That's remember? it. Like, that's, it's a different game. And, like, I, I knew the game. When I came into the league, again, 2007, the game was that was drastically different than what it was in 2018 when I left. And when he came in in the late nineties with the cross checking daily, the cross checking in practice, the hitting, the fighting, um, to way the game morphed to now, obviously you, like, I don't know how many times I had whiplash after each practice and game, mm-hmm. but the game was drastically different and it hammered guys' bodies a thousand percent worse than it would ever do today so for him to play these guys that are playing this long going through that type of era is mind-blowing to me just knowing what i went through and again i I cut you off there but that's what i want to get across is that era from the late 90s to the mid 2010s even a little bit after that that was that was hard hard heavy pretty dangerous hockey you know this is my only thing with char and what i kind of want to close on with him is I don't feel like he ever gets in the best defenseman of all time conversations. Cause like, yeah, I'm not saying he's Lidstrom or, you know, Bobby Orr. He's not in that class. I don't think so anyways, but the offense. Yeah, of course the offense, but I just mean you have 25, how many, how many years over his 25, if we were going through it and drafting like, okay, guys, you would have wanted to have on your team. 
like where he would have been on those lists. I just think that if we're going to say the longevity thing matters in sports with certain guys that end up, you know, doing Ironman streaks or getting in the Hall of Fame where they're like, yeah, he wasn't really great. I, I just think he's higher on the list than people acknowledge him. Like as a fan watching games, I can't think of a guy I hated seeing more. Just knowing like he could kick your ass, like nobody could fight him, that he was going to yeah. be incredibly strong and incredibly to get, a, a, like you couldn't get around him, that he was going to just completely shore up the front of the net, that he did have the big shot if he ever needed to do it, um, that he was this great guy off the ice that everybody loved, that he would have set the table in your like dressing room every single year in terms of nutrition and working out and like all of these different things. I actually weirdly think, despite him playing in a market like Boston, where you'd get a lot of love, that he's like weirdly underrated. And and that's yeah. the feeling that I got yesterday was he should be celebrated a ton. I know that this market hates his guts. I'm not telling anybody not to hate his guts, all right? I hate his guts, number one. But he's just, he's one of the all-time greats. Like, he really yeah. is, and I think that he deserves a little bit more of that love. Yo, we got to run. But yeah. uh, this was great. And I, I do want to chat soon because uh, we've got, We've got some other stuff that I, I really desperately need to discuss with you. So uh, we'll do this soon. And then hopefully um, you haven't taken up a, a career as Austin Matthews' agent. Please stay yeah, away. Yeah, two, two to three years, Austin. Play, play, Enjoy stay it. away. Uh, Christopher Steve, yeah. clever app, which, again, everybody go get. If you're you know into coaching kids, it's a must. Man, um, Lilligren, hernia surgery, six weeks. Yikes. Sandy Leverage. We'll talk about that tomorrow with Elliot Friedman on the JDP. Subscribe, review, leave five stars, share it with your friends. Please share it. Share the pod. Do, do, do a kindness. It's, you can do such an easy thing to get the kindness out of the day. For what, Just immediately. One share with a friend. One five star, one review, one subscribe. See you tomorrow. Elliot Friedman then. Elliot Friedman.